Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, I'm joined once again by Reverend Dr. Paul Sewich as we discuss this week's messages in our series entitled Dangerous Prayers. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching here face-to-face, not over Zoom, with uh, Dr. Paul Sewage, the Reverend Dr. Paul Sewage. Welcome back. Greetings. Welcome back, and uh, welcome to the actual armchair itself (laughs) in the actual room. Uh, This is the first time you and I have done like a back-to-back, I think, right? This is true. You have not... uh, This is is the first... Back. This is the first time I've preached two weeks in a row in a long time. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into to what that's like for you, like to you know what it what it what it means to do the back to back. But I want to kind of pull back a little bit and uh, talk about just your. Um, you know, we talked last week about the the teaching and the counseling ministry. The, the counseling and the teaching mm-hmm. in that order, respectively, is kind of your primary focus of mm-hmm. ministry. And so, preaching. Now, I, I, we didn't mention this last week, but you are the regular liturgist. Oh, yes. In the classic service, uh-huh. so you're in the flow of the classic service every week. So it's not it's not like a it's not like when you're bringing in a guest preacher from outside. True, because you true. you're not surprised about the flow or anything like that. Right. So it's a little bit different than you know when we bring in like an Ed Diaz to preach in the classic service or a Brian Morgan or or Josh who may not be in that environment on a daily mm-hmm. or a weekly basis, right. mm-hmm. and then definitely not in the planning part of it. But I want to just talk about you know how you view preaching ministry uh, from from both the high the joy the challenges and the joys of it so what is it that you find most kind of challenging when you are approaching the preparation or the the presentation of, of a sermon yeah, so when we're in a series like this there is there's already a roadmap yeah there's a series of passages and uh, and John has, has looked out over the horizon. He's, he's established this map, got got some themes that he sees as important for the direction of the church. And so we talked last week about the, the primary challenge is to just don't say a word until you have gotten into the text, in its context, enough that you see what God is saying and mm-hmm. you are amazed by it. Yeah. Uh, but then with with a preaching series like this, there's also the reality that um, I also have to understand John's mindset. What, what what did he see when he was sitting down X number of months ago and looking at, at what he sees as uh, the good of the church moving forward and, and how to really be part of that stream, not mm-hmm. to just go off to yeah. cowboy, you know, do, yeah. do my own thing, but how, how do I uh, take hold of that? Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know there 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 are always challenges when you when you're approaching a passage to um, and I I feel this every week every time is uh, and where and where the teaching ministry 
is a little easier uh, because you teach on a regular basis with a group, a couple of groups of people. Mm -hmm. When you get to the end of something, you can just, if you're approaching, you know, a a verse by verse, like you've done it with, with groups, Mark and Revelation, if you, you can exhaust that text as much as you want. And if you Mm -hmm. don't get to everything, you just say, come back next week, we'll pick it up next week. There you go. Um, Which is awesome because then Mm -hmm. you feel like, and even there, you can't say obviously everything, but you can say as much as you feel like needs to be Mm -hmm. said. Whereas in a sermon, a, a sermons, especially the way we do series, because I know people have talked to me. We've because John and I have mentioned this difference between teaching and preaching. Some people have come up and said to me, "Well, you know, at other churches, you know, they 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 just go through books of the Bible, and if they don't get to everything, they do just go to the next week." And we'll go, "That's it's a different approach to preaching ministry than what we have here." You know, right? Because that's very much defined by exegesis yeah and the application uh the application is jettisoned yeah you know if you get one that's great but that's not the point of things the The point point is that you climb into the story so you, you read the passage and then you you walk over it kind of line by line and then there's this i don't know whether it's a tacit understanding or or whether it's explicitly stated if there's going to be an application, the spirit will do that. It's not my job. It's not my job. Yeah. 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 And I, and I think it is hard when you're doing a, a sermon to say, limit what you're going to say. You know, we talk here on the podcast about the cutting room floor mm-hmm. quite a bit. And we'll talk about, you know, what, what you felt like you couldn't talk about this week or didn't have time to get into this week. Uh, but that's, that, that definitely is a challenge. Um, for me, at least every single week, you know, to mm-hmm. say, like, I got to limit it. I can't go into everything. On the flip side, you know, what what is it that gets exciting for you about the preaching, whether it's preparation or the presentation of, of, of a sermon? Well, the most rewarding part is uh, is weeks later when somebody tells you that they – jumped into the passage they took that mm-hmm. they hadn't thought about something they went home they read and this is what has come of it mm-hmm. that to me is, is the most exciting piece yeah the most, most rewarding yeah uh, there one of my uh, preaching uh, professors at, at asbury said you know the real danger is that one day someone's actually going to listen to what you said <laughs> now it doesn't he's no don't worry it doesn't happen often but every <laughs> once in a while uh, that that occurs you know, and and I, I actually I do my best not to think about that side of things because <laughs> yeah. I probably I get super terrified uh, if I start thinking about wait what if well what right when we're talking about boldness and speaking yeah. truth to power um, it could it could become a very costly thing one one of the pieces on the cutting room floor is that here's a story where. Uh, Peter and James uh, speak. They they say, "Well, you know, yeah, we have to do what, what we, we have to what do. we have to do. What yeah. We this is what we've seen. This is what we've heard, and we can't stop talking about this. So you'll do what you have to do. We'll take care of our end. Well, that worked out pretty well for them. Yeah. Uh, much better than for Stephen. Yeah, for Stephen, it resulted in his being stoned, his immediate death, his immediate death. Yeah, and so if you are Stephen's wife. 
this passage, these these two passages have to look very, very differently than if you are disconnected. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's not my it's not my not my circus, not my monkeys. Yeah, then we're not really bothered by that. But when you know, when when you're facing you know, a, a set of circumstances from which you haven't been delivered, you 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 took a step out and it's resulted in something fairly complicated. Mm-hmm. And you read this passage where they were bold, and you know it seems to have worked out really, really well. Yeah, yeah. Then that's although the whole getting arrested and flogged sort of things probably not the. Again, yeah, not my circus, not my. I did, I didn't get beaten, so it doesn't bother me. That's yeah. you know, last week when I was yeah. talking about the the, the African American woman who wrote everything down, then you would take real ownership of that. Yeah, uh, in in the preparation to preach, I think uh, list, listening to your sermon, I I, I realized um, I probably wasn't at thirty thousand feet. I was maybe at at fifty thousand feet. Yeah. Um, Which sometimes you have to sometimes you have to take that approach. I mean, you're the thing I appreciated about your message is that you were really dealing with boldness in a broad sense. You know that, that in in terms of just and also in general obedience. Where I, I was taking more of the evangelistic kind of approach as well. To well, know? yeah, you, you zeroed in on the the reality that we we don't remain equally. Ex- Excited mm-hmm. about what we know twenty four seven. Yeah, that that that's a, that's something that waxes and then it wanes, and it's, yeah. we have to be purposeful. Just just like love and marriage. Yeah, you don't. I have not stayed twenty four seven three sixty five at the same level of excitement. And when I realize that I've become, I've moved into a more mundane place. Uh, then the onus is mine yeah. to um, to rekindle that, yeah. to, to be purposeful about that, yeah. and not to uh, treat passion as if it's just this magical thing and and has nothing to do with me. Yeah, that it, I I need to be responsible and, and responsive. Yeah, uh, and and rekindle that. Yeah, when you started uh, approaching this passage, you know. We both we both went back, kind of went back to the the background right. of it. You have right. to, because otherwise you're like, well, what are they talking about? What's you know what's going on? You have to kind of go back and say, you know, where 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 are they at in the history of the church? Because very early on, this is the kind of the second great kind of movement of the church uh, in the very early days. Um, what was it that you really wanted to highlight, and what was your priority in highlighting the, some of the background of that? Like, because you could go a lot of different ways. You can, you can, you know. I, I went and didn't really mention the, you know, you, you went back to death, resurrection, Jesus, and went mm-hmm. and went all the way through that that right. piece. Um, I had that in my. This is cutting room floor thing. I had that in my message and said, you know, I'm really going to pick that up. Later on, I don't really pick that up in the background as much because um, my my sermon was knocking on the door thirty minutes. <laughs> so that's like you know I gotta got to make some choices. But you but yes. you did so. How, how how what was your approach like when you were thinking through th- those aspects of it? You know the when I at the first read, I, I was struck by how different it is to be one who is speaking truth to power yeah they have nothing to protect uh, and therefore because they know that they could not stop jesus and they will not be able to stop 
Peter and John. Yeah. This this is rolling on. Yeah. They're not protecting anything. Yeah. Right. And so they they can afford uh, to be direct. And what now that you know, after Constantine, now the church is larger or it's gotten used to being in charge. Yeah. And now as often as not. We, <laughs> Truth is being spoken to us, yeah. And we, we I think we've, we're, we're in danger of losing that mindset. So, uh, mindset. So, I started. That, that's why I started focusing on what. What does it mean? What have we lost about courage? Mm-hmm. What have we lost about boldness? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I started thinking of people like Stephen Hawking, who could have just, yeah pancaked he, he could have just quit absolutely quit or the the teddy roosevelt speech where he's enjoining us where have we lost that sense of power i think that's where our sermons were were really closest mm-hmm. in, in construction well and you, you I, one of the things i really appreciated in your message was that you know we we you know we approached the um kind of the the mentality of we get passionate we get bold but in different mm-hmm. ways cuz you said here were the three kind of options and and really what i was hearing in your your opening especially um is you know our our approach typically to what we would consider boldness or courage for the faith is is what is more looked looked at as as what Teddy Roosevelt was railing against the the critic, you know, like yeah. the pointing the finger, uh-huh. P, you know, PR, let's destroy these, you know, destroy our enemies, you know, like eviscerate them in the public, you know, perception, which is how a lot of uh, quote unquote believers of a certain ilk approach. <laughs> I'm not going to get into anything, but they, they approach uh, uh, of a given ilk their when they feel kind of when they feel marginal again, I'm going to use air quotes here, marginalized or again air quotes persecuted because we're not talking about the persecution of the early church. We're talking about people being offended by what you say. Their approach is to let's eviscerate them in the public media. And and I said to to, to the opposite effect. There's a, another group of Christians of a certain ilk who just slink back and don't do anything right you know so that those are kind of the and at this point i think that's the vast majority of yeah, us yeah 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 uh, is that we we you know c.s lewis talks about um people who have no more conception of heaven than a child uh, who, who's grown up in the slums really can't understand uh, a vacation at the beach. Yeah, absolutely. Right? That he's he's kind of patting his mud pie and thinking, yeah, you know, I guess the beach must be nice. Yeah. Uh, and I think we we have lost our sense of engagement. Yeah. Right. And so we don't. When I watch Jesus walk through the pages of the Gospels, he notices everything about people. Yeah. And I think. But when I'm leading Bible studies, most of the people that I talk to have the sense that Jesus was like um, the Terminator, and he had a pop-up display in his field of vision. <laughs> and when he walked up, he said, oh, that's Paul Suich. He's going to be born in 59. Uh, he's going to – he's going to like languages. He's yeah. going to blah, 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 as opposed to someone who can look at you. Mm-hmm. And he looks in your eyes and he looks at your face and he sees how you're responding. And once you open your mouth, he pretty quickly is able to discern what you trust and what you're hiding. Yeah. 
Yeah. And there's a lot more, you know, and Jesus is, he, he does that through, through the, like you said, the engagement piece, mm-hmm. you know, through the, the questions and the answers. And it's the same thing is true with like, you know, see how Peter and John approach the man who is born that cannot walk and is, is, is begging financially for, for resources. And, and Peter and John are like, you know, and, and again, and this is one of those things you don't talk, we didn't talk about neither one of us because it wasn't in the center of the passage, but there's the engagement there. And so many of us, when we see those marginalized people or on, you know, we will just disengage and act as though we are, you know, uh, you, you know, we have the selective blindness thing. You know, I don't see those people on the margins where Peter and John are able to look and say, we don't have silver and gold, but but what we do have, we're going to give you. Mm-hmm. And and then and then engaging the crowd, you know, beyond that to say, uh, we are not great men. We just have had this tremendous experience with Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, and we know the power of Christ, and that's what we're sharing. And and how convicting that is for us from the engagement side, and the opposite of it when we are engaged. But we are engaged for our own self, a grand diet, you know, a, 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 a you know, glory and, and aggrandizement. Do you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. how many folks today? It's like they, they do something really well, and the, they're very in the name of Jesus. But then they immediately take all the credit. They immediately take all the praise. They immediately take all the ass, a, a accolades, the private planes, and all that. Right? And go on with it. So it it the is most, it, the most yeah. un-Jesus like portion. Yeah. So when when the man says, "Hey, do you have any silver or gold coins?" Yeah. Um, there's an incredible vulnerability and directness when when Peter looks at this person, and somehow or another it clicks. I need to do exactly what Jesus did. Yeah, exactly. Because there's no guarantee that that's going to work. Yeah, he has no he has no guarantee, yeah. but he also has no qualms about putting the trust out there. He, he's right out there. Yeah. Right? And so, and, and I think that's why a lot of times we don't pray for healing because, well, I'm not going to pray for healing because... What if it doesn't might, happen? What if it doesn't happen? Yeah. And it's, you know, what are the odds that... Every time I say, you know, we're going to pray for healing, that it's just simply going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But again, there's that trust. Um, there's that faith and the trust thing. You you ended your message with that that really that real focus and that real point. That the boldness is not boldness on our terms, right? It's boldness based on a trust and faith in Jesus Christ. That goes beyond our terms, and that's you did the same thing last week. This this device of there are two different dangerous prayers, yes. right? There's the prayer that is dangerous to your spirit, you know, mm-hmm. your spiritual life, your faith, your your relationship right. with with the Lord, and then there's the one that's dangerous to your own plans and own you know your own power and which which prayer are you going to pray um so i wonder if you talk a little bit about that device you know you, that device of the either or you're mm-hmm. left with a choice here i mean that's the thing that you did in both last week and this week you're left with this choice of call yourself a christian you're going to pray but what are you going to pray right. so where where did that 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 device come from to, and the the that's decision question. the decision the deci- was it just like hey how am i going to how am i going to close this out or you know did you have some 
other app- application kind of focus in mind when you were doing that? Uh, no, I can't think of another agenda that I had, and I'm not exactly sure. It's, it's not a device that I've used in that way before, but yeah. it, it just struck me that uh, that we're praying something. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we really are praying these prayers that are very dangerous to our spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of one of the, the famous ones was a, a Larry Crabb story where he was he was talking about uh, our, our our emotional life, and a man came comes up to him at the break and says, "Doctor Crabb, I need to be I need to feel better, and I need to feel better now." And so he looks at the man and says, "Well, I think what you need to do." is book yourself on a cruise with two gorgeous women and take along a a case of bourbon. (laughs) And the man says, Dr. Crabb, that is not a Christian answer. And he said, you have not asked a a Christian Christian question. question. Yeah. Right. Uh, And so we, we have these goals. Like I, like when, when, when you're in a tough place in your marriage, do you want out? Do you want your spouse silenced? Do you want? Do you want to understand things? Do you want to see things differently enough to pray that God will will break my heart? Because mm-hmm. I I know how much time I've spent um, saying I've done the right thing. You know why am I in trouble if I've done the right thing? And that's just that's not a Christian question. Yeah, yeah. Well, I found it. One of the things I, I just I found it really um, both comforting and challenging from from a from a, a minister from a from a, a hearer standpoint mm-hmm. because one of the things one of the things that I sometimes ch- am challenged with myself in the preaching is being a little maybe too creative in 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 trying to. Um, uh, Lay on the table. Here are your here are your options, yeah, right? Right. And I found it really uh, just so much clarity in just saying, "Look, here's here here are your choices. Here, right? You have an either yeah. or. Right. If, if you call yourself a believer, you are going to pray, right? Yes. You're go- because you're going to pray something, even even if you're just praying out of duty or out of obligation. People are going to pray. So, what are you going to pray? And and there are those prayers that when we pray them. If we don't put the little caveat from three weeks ago, thy will be done on the end of them, uh, not my will, but your will be done, they're going to be dangerous to our own relationship with the Lord if we're not super careful in how we let yeah. those, you know, those things uh, invade our space, you know. And, and on the other hand, the other side... Uh, there's danger there too because uh, your your world is going to get shaken up a little bit if when God gives you the answer to the the boldness question and 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 to lay that out at the end of the message to say look we got two two choices here God is laying before us two choices which one are you going to choose and I I, yeah. I I find that I find that super uh, comforting in, in terms of the clarity that it provides because. Otherwise, there's there, there there might be a temptation of a hearer to say, "Well, what am I supposed to do with that?" And there's no there's no you know there's no option no other option there, right? You know, we we had a card on the first week, 
and mm-hmm. I I would love to see uh, a collection of these cards. You know, we'd end up with seven cards. Yeah, seven seven things that are dangerous to a a nice life where everything works. Yeah, you know. Yeah, all the kids are happy. You know. Yeah, you're 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 getting a raise at work while everybody else is suffering from inflation. <laughs> blah blah blah. That 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 the United States life is working, mm-hmm. and these prayers are not in concert with that. Yeah, they're not in concert with the prosperity gospel. They're not. Yeah, and and this is the hardest. I mean, it's one of the hardest things that we have to preach and teach is that they're not that the the life of faith. Is often the life of true faith and true followership of Jesus is often in conflict with the the American dream mm-hmm. I, ideal, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and and so. that's a very uh, that's a that's a <laughs> that's a dangerous thing to teach and preach as well too, right? Not just to pray, but to also to challenge people's kind of presuppositions about the what is the good life what is the best life and and what what is god calling us to in our lives um i i'm um i'm surprised i still have a job sometimes because of the the amount of times i've pushed against capitalism in the agape sunday school class uh and uh <laughs> I, 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 I didn't yeah. do that. I didn't do that in year one or two when I was preach, uh, teaching that class. But I, more recently, I, um, I've, 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 I've gone so far as to say, or not to say declaratively, but to intimate that capitalism is the great antichrist, and that <laughs> that has raised the ire of more than a couple of people. You know, when you read Adam Smith, and and he, in as much as says, essentially. Greed is going to be the heart of this engine. Yeah. It's going to be a very powerful engine, and it's going to accomplish great things for humanity. Yeah. Uh, and at the heart of the engine yeah. is six cylinders of greed. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's what drives the machine. Yeah. I'm like, huh, I wonder how that can be 100% biblical. I don't think that that, that communism is, is 100% biblical. No, 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 of course not. No. Right? Mm. So the, you have these different human systems, and all will have their strengths and all will have their weaknesses. You're in danger if you're worshiping any one of them. Well, and again, you know, that's, you know, this. You, this is what makes the boldness piece so interesting in the mm-hmm. context of faith, because again, uh, we will get very bold about, you know, I, when I when I made the statement that perhaps capitalism was the great antichrist, you know, the boldness factor went up to about 10 on some of their, some of the, the recipients. <laughs> now, again, I, but I want because they, because th- there's a certain generation that's been trained to react against anything that is, uh, that is considered uh, a question against the American ideals as being automatically socialist or communist, right? If from from a political ideological standpoint. And I said, well, wait, time out. Just to your point, what you said mm-hmm. is, look, um, every human system run by human beings, there's going to be a massive, massive temptation to infuse a great deal of that with sin because that's what we're oh, wired it, yeah, for. It's pre-wired. It's pre-infused. Yeah. And, and so what we as believers have to guard against is – to, to use your point, idolizing the system uh, 
mm-hmm. instead of saying, okay, well, this is maybe the best of the bad systems, but we can make it better as followers of Jesus, right? Yeah, if, if this is the best of the systems that are available to us, that doesn't make it perfect. And it doesn't mean that the prophets of, of the Old Testament scriptures and the prophecies of the New Testament scriptures have nothing critical to say to our 21st century version yeah. of capitalism. Because you, you look at our county and we we have schools for the underprivileged where the paint's peeling off the walls and schools for the very privileged where everything is shiny and and new and and brand new it's version you know x mm-hmm. point y you know mm-hmm. the, the best the latest the hottest version and how did that dis- how how can we be this many years down the road and still producing the same disparities mm-hmm. of 100 years ago when i think i think Again, it's that it's it's the it's and this is where I was coming from in, in the opening of my message, right? The, is that there are limits to what we will accept as part of our life of faith, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the, the this is where I say I'm over it, right? When it comes to my kids' yeah. schools, for example, I can send my kids to the best and the brightest and the shiniest because I have the financial resources to do so. As a po- and and to some extent, not and look the other way at the at the at the disparities that exist with other because it's not my problem. That's my limit, right? My family's mm-hmm. my limit. Your family, your limit. You make choices. You you know and not see that. Okay, well. Whatever circumstances created the 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 situation that we're living in now, our responsibility as followers of Jesus Christ is to be bold in every aspect of our lives for the sake of the gospel and the good news and the kingdom of heaven, and seeing the kingdom of heaven uh, uh, realized more and more progressively as we live out the prayer. Uh, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's, we are as much to be the bold answer to that prayer Mm -hmm. as we are to just pray the prayer uh, by rote. You know what I'm saying? And and so um, that's a hard one for people to rally around and to understand. And, And that's, that was the thing I really appreciated about your, your, um, focus in your message is that you did broaden it beyond just the evangelistic, which is where I, I narrowed it to the evangelistic, but you broadened it to the speaking truth to power and 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 uh, uh, for the sake of truth and love in a in a general sense. I, I was shooting for something similar to where you were going that that the the call is to boldly love people. Mm-hmm. To, Become engaged. Yeah. Don't settle for fifty feet of distance mm. and and simply niceness. Yeah. Have enough conversations that you begin to understand what makes your neighbor tick. Yeah. Because then we have a lot to say. Yeah. Once we understand that what my neighbor wants just once in his or her life is to find something faithful. Mm. You know, tired of empty promises. Yeah. Hey, I've got someone I'd love you to meet. Yeah. 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 That, I, I, I appreciated how you did that. And I, I also, you're reminding me of one other thing that you did in the message that I really, um, 
the the idea of niceness as the goal, right? <laughs> as opposed to uh, true love, uh, love and truth. Uh, I think that was that was a profound uh, kind of delineation. Christians are really good at making niceness. Yeah, I think that's our our the, the common default position. Mm-hmm. The other one these days now is to grab a pitchfork. And a torch. The opposite. The opposite. Yeah. yeah and total to go opposite. demand yeah. that my way become everybody's. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I just without any, without engagement to your previous point. Yeah. Without engagement mm-hmm. to your previous point. Uh, that's it is it is funny to me how how sin works so so many times on the on the the pendulum swing of our reactions right the pendulum swing of nice niceness and I don't want to be offensive and and I want to be highly yeah, right. highly uh, vanilla and beige and then on the other side I'm going to be the most you know pitchfork and fire like hate on everybody who disagrees with me person I can be both in the name of Jesus Christ and both contrary to the life of faith and a true followership and where it really exists is that truth and love right it's the truth and love and and with a fair amount of personal engagement there one of Jerry Bridges books he talks about uh, Alligator Alley that you have this road built up and, <laughs> and you have swamp on either side, you know, and he would envision that the niceness is on one side of the swamp and, um, and crystal knocked burning down people's yeah. houses and, and angrily demanding that I be heeded. Yeah. That these are both false versions mm-hmm. of what we're called to. And mm-hmm. that what we're called to is it, within this boldness, you don't want to get too far away from love. No, absolutely. Yeah. And if the and if the lo- if the boldness is not motivated by a heart of love, it will all and in boldness right. it's gonna and err. I think some people think like boldness means belligerence. Right. And boldness can actually be the quietest thing that you because mm-hmm. presence can also be boldness. Uh um, you know, uh, we were just speaking, I was in 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 with the, the folks in our next generation ministry and, and one of the one of the people there was talking about how they walked by someone who who had taken the time to pray with someone right then and there, like they, yeah. you know, they were right. they witnessed that, and and it's a quiet thing, but it's a bold thing to to just ask your neighbor, hey, can I pray for you like right now? I mean, I know you're going mm-hmm. through something, and that's a bold move. There's no belligerence there, and, and there's no guarantee they're going to say yes. I mean, but that's but you but the offering of that in love is a powerful witness to. I mean, just that simple yeah. thing, you know. I had a, I was working with a teenager many 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 years ago, and I asked him, "Would it be okay? I'm going to pray for you. May I pray for you now while you're here, or would you rather I wait?" until our time is done. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'd really rather you wait. Mm-hmm. And so that ended up becoming a ritual of ours. Yeah. Uh, and in the offering, he knew that I was praying for him. Mm. Yeah. And so it was a, a really, uh, in the end, it became, a, I think, a very tender and wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. And he, I never tried to coerce him yeah. into that and he he was he was a person at the time lord knows where he is now but at, at the time 
he was he was so taken with hypocrisy within people that he knew as Christians, mm. he he couldn't see a way to embrace it. But this is but he he embraced our our working relationship. Wow. So yeah. it was it was really it was a neat. Uh, neat experience. Yeah, yeah. So, last thing I want to just ask Paul, just to, from an experiential standpoint, you know, you 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 are part of the preaching rotation here, uh, but do not do a lot of back to back weeks, right? Yeah. And so, how was that experience for you doing knowing you know last week knowing you're coming in this week? Was there any mm-hmm. difference in mentality or approach from this week or last week that 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 uh, shaped your either your preparation or the 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 delivery? Because I knew that I, it would be two in a row, and it was they're both part of a series. Yeah. I I planned them in and. Uh, because I write the the liturgy mm-hmm. for most of the services, I knew I had to do the online versions of four in a row, yeah. and mine were the middle two. Yeah. So I just wanted I wanted to be able to give the sermon in the context of the worship service. Yeah. So I I planned them back to back. I didn't plan one one week and then come back. Uh, I worked on them both in the same week. Oh wow! Okay, which is <laughs> it's not how we that's not how I typically do. I, I don't have that because it's so there's so. I mean, I when 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 we you know previously. Uh, Kenny and I would rotate, you know, it was uh-huh. every, it was every other right. pretty much. Then for a while, Kenny and I decided it was better if we batched it right. where we were doing a few weeks in a row, like uh-huh. he would do two weeks and then I would right. do two weeks or right. he would do three or I, you know, or, or sometimes we would say, Hey, do you want to take a series? You just do the whole series and I'll do the whole, the next year uh-huh. or another series. Um, I, I find it much, I actually have, so when we, we do here, Typical rotation is John will preach four weeks in the classic service, mm-hmm. and I'll preach four weeks in Vine, Vine, and then we'll switch and we'll do two and two. Um, I always have a difficult time in the first week when I'm back in either location, um, even if we're in the same series, just because. Oh, because the the groups of people can be very very different. Yeah, very you different. Know, pre- preaching eight fifteen is very very different. From uh, ten thirty Vine. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and 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 then and then the flow of the serve. And well, an eight fifteen classic is very different than ten thirty classic. Yeah. I find. Um, yeah. And and actually, I don't know how you approach this, but the sermons typically are slightly different between eight fifteen and ten thirty. Um, at least in delivery, I don't know if the if the 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 tone is definitely different there. You know, <laughs> last week uh, I I said something that I thought was going to have a humorous edge to it and at 8:15 there was not a soul who thought that it was funny at all in any way shape or form and so i said you know i'm going to say this again at 10:30 and at 10:30 i guarantee you they're going to think nope same thing happened <laughs> so uh my anticipation of what's going to be funny is uh, apparently off apparently off but well, it's very different and, and very, very. I mean, it, the, it, in the in the transition period, um, the thing that was interesting is, um, and I've had people who have come to our church who watched us online 
before mm-hmm. we were in transition. This is before right. John came, and during that period, Kenny and I were preaching simultaneously, and yes. we'd preach half a series and half a series, and then we'd switch, and then I'd preach the half that I had already preached. So I was, we only had to prep. We only have to prep one message, but yes. the thing that was interesting the was delivery. the delivery is very different. Very different. So I remember at the very beginning of that transition, we did the uh, we did a, a, a kingdom series, right? And I had these four messages that I had prepped and that I had delivered, and I actually I started in classic and he started in vine, and then we flipped uh-huh. and and almost had to rewrite the sermons. I mean, it was so so. Uh, yeah. The del- I knew the delivery was going to be so vastly different uh-huh. as to make certain things not even, uh, not even avail like applic- applicable in the same way. So, right, it is interesting when you when you get those back to backs and then you have to switch. But, um, but yeah, yeah, it's I, I enjoy doing more, ser- you know, more in a row. I, I have a hard time with the one off. I'm in for a week and then I'm out. I, I do have a hard time with that. Because I typically only preach once a year. Almost everything I do is one off. Yeah. <laughs> you preach a lot more now because it's just me and John. So you're, you're, you're in, the, in the rotation a little bit more well, now. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. we, we have to take breathers. <laughs> well, and right. We, Things are thinning down now. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but, you know, I, I think it's great because I think your voice and your approach to scripture is 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 very is different than how John mm-hmm. and I sure. or Ed or Brian or Josh approach the passages of scripture. So I think uh, the that voice in the mix regularly is um, is important for our congregation on on the whole. I think that's a, a a great a great gift to our congregation because we have a. It's always funny to me to hear. Um, just the you because the longer I've been doing this, you know, I've been preaching since I was 17 years old. Wow. Um, so now, you know, 26 years I've been preaching at you know, on, on a semi regular basis. Of course, when I was 17, you talk about once a year, I was preaching, you know, a couple uh-huh. times a year. Um, wasn't even a, really a believer at that point. And then in college, I, I was preaching a little bit more regularly, and then later on, it was more regularly, but doing this podcast has been interesting because I've, you know, had different people. I've had, you know, obviously I've had you and then John and I more tip, more typically Brian, Josh and Ed, and and mm-hmm. now listening to different preachers. And when I go listen to other preachers from different churches, I can almost pinpoint how they're approaching a text, you know, because, mm-hmm. because we have right. in this mix uh, a, a wide array of voices. We, we've lost all of our women's voices. Yeah, we, uh, I hope we get we, this back at yeah, some point. Yeah. yeah, we used to have Mary McKee, and yeah. we have um, um, yeah. Marilyn Cummings. Marilyn Cummings. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, great, yeah. great yeah. voices. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I think I think we we're trying to actively find some that we can put into the rotation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it definitely. Uh, you know, we that's part of our tradition. I mean, it's part of our mm-hmm. DNA, and I think that's right. that's good. But uh, Paul, I'm really appreciative of you sitting, taking some time, and encourage oh, anyone who privilege. yeah, encourage anyone who missed uh, this past week's messages or any of our messages to go to our website fpclakeland.org. Head to the worship page in the sermon archive tab. You can watch complete 
uh, services. As as Paul, you pointed out, those services uh, are really well structured to the sermons as well. Um, so I encourage you to watch the whole 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 services. Um, if you've been, missed any one of our episodes of Armchair Preaching, be sure to head to Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, or Apple Podcasts and subscribe so you can be notified when a new episode drops. You can also listen to previous episodes as well. Like it and share it with those around you so that they can be edified by our wonderful conversations, Paul. As always, it's great to be able to talk to you about Indeed. these sorts of things. Thank Appreciate you so much. Appreciate your time. And uh, we'll see everybody next time.